0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled, multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church.
1: I want to thank everybody who came to my birthday get-together and brought me that, uh, just those amazing gifts. It uh, really, really, really honored me. I thank you so much for that. I'm a little humbled. I'm a little uncomfortable with those things. And so um, I would just like to serve in the background, except when I'm preaching, when I have no problem being in front of a crowd. Uh, aside from that, I would like to just kind of disappear most of the time. Uh, but so I was uncomfortable, but thank you. Is that fair? Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Um, we're in our our, our our spiritual victory message series. Spiritual, uh, spiritual. Come on, everybody. I, I like victory more than warfare. How about you? Don't get, into a, don't get into a fight you can't win, right? Like there's no, that don't make any kind of sense, right? And, uh, you know, spiritual warfare is part of the Christian life, but a lifestyle of warfare is not. Like, Warfare is part of the Christian life, but a life of warfare, that ain't Jesus, right? That's like, like that's, and, and um, you know, I, I, I've been saved for longer than, 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 than most of the people in the room, and I've been, I've been charismatic, Pentecostal for a very long time, and there was this time in Christianity where spiritual warfare was everything, like, every, like, it, like it seemed somewhere around the 80s or 90s. Uh, by the time I got saved, someone had discovered that in the Bible there was a devil. Uh, and, then they, and then they decided the whole point of this thing is to fight demons, right? Like, so every problem in your life was a demon. And all you have to do is get somebody to cast out the right demon or rebuke the right demon or say the right prayer. And everything was a demon. And, 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 and like, people were constantly, like, I have friends that would pray eight, nine hours every night to fight fight principalities and demons. And, and I would meet these people, and I'm like, bro, you don't look happy. And I don't, I don't know that that's the point of this walk, is to not be happy. Why would you be a Christian and not be happy? It doesn't make any sense at all, right? Like, Jesus defeated, past tense, the devil, right? And I don't want to resurrect him so I can fight him again. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's not... That's not my, that's not my goal. And there were, there were, there were spiritual warfare conferences and, 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 and those bindings and loosenings and people were loosening things that should have been bound and binding things that should have been loosed. And there was vomiting and all kinds of crazy stuff was happening in the name of freedom. And half the people I'd be like, if you just got a job, half these problems would be gone, right? Like if you (laughs) Like, you know, you just quit lying and most of these issues, like most of these things were character issues. And we try to export our responsibilities as a Christian onto the devil or onto Jesus. And it's like, if you would just live right, you know, life would be a whole, a whole lot easier. And, and many, what I found out was many of these people who are really, really into spiritual warfare, they spent more time with the devil than with God. It it, it just got, it. now I believe I've seen, I've seen it all. Like I, when it comes to spiritual warfare, I've seen it all. When it comes to demonic manifestations, I, I, there are few people who have stories that I don't like. Yeah, been, seen, been there, done that. I mean, I've seen it all. I've watched, I don't want to freak y'all out, but I've just seen stuff. I've seen people speak in languages that they did not naturally know as a demon spoke through them, right? Like I, I, I've seen, I've cast devils out of people that turned into reptiles as they came out. And I wouldn't have believed it had I not seen it more than once. The first time you're like, am I seeing something? By the second time, I did. Okay, I'm gonna tell you this story real quick. And I, was, I was talking to a guy one time and I just I saw, this, saw this, I was just like, and he's like, talking about his testimony and how he encountered God and got free of drugs and all this and now he's you know found himself in an old place again and uh he was interested in in somebody that I that I pastored and and I was like well you know you you got to get free and you got to get water baptized and you got to give your life to Christ and you got to get this thing right And he's like yeah you know I'm a Christian but not living right and I'm bound in this thing and I was like well let's just pray right now let's just pray that this thing would go and you would be free and i Prayed for him and I felt something and we looked down. God is my witness. We looked down and a black snake slithered away. And I didn't say nothing. I was just like, and he said, Did you see that? I was like, not the first time. You know, like I I, I seen some stuff, but the point of Christian life is not to see that. The point of the Christian life is how he lived in freedom after that. That that that's the goal. Now, I would be perfectly happy never seeing a demonic manifestation again. Now, as a pastor, for those of you who feel called to ministry, uh, in any level of ministry, you uh, are going to see demonic manifestations, although sometimes we just call them bad attitudes, right? So like people, in in those in ministry are going to know what I'm talking about. They are going to be uh, 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 vexed by the enemy. And the enemy is going to be whispering in their ear. And they are going to have all kind of internal emotional issues. And when you go to talk to them about it in love so that they can get free, they are going to vomit their issues all over you like you are the problem. And you're like, the Lord is like, yes, I had them do this before someone who can help set them free. Whether they get free is how they value you right if, if you if you honor a good man, if you honor a man like as a good man, all you get is a good man 's reward, honor a man as a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. and so as this person is blowing up, if they can recognize what they are going through is from the pit of hell, and now the Lord lets someone who can help them see it, now we can. Now we can do some, some inner healing. We do some counseling. We can get in the word of God and see where did all this offense come from? Where did this bitterness come from? Where did this, where did we, let's, let's get you free. Let's just figure out, is it spiritual? Is it natural? Is it chemical? Is it, you believe a lie that you're frustrated? Let's work this out now, but the devil has a stronghold in your life. Right? And so if you're, if like you're in ministry and people blow up on you, welcome to ministry. Right? Because that's what happened to Jesus. People manifested on Jesus so that they could get free. Okay, so this is, this is, you know, let me just say this. We don't want the devil in our lives. Can you say amen? amen. We, we actually don't. We, we, don't want, we don't want the devil in our lives. And I don't want to make anybody fearful. Um, I don't want to make anybody fearful. But the Bible clearly tells us that we're not supposed to be ignorant of how the devil works. Okay? And so in our spiritual victory series, now this, this um, I, I want to talk today about worship. Uh, And I want to clarify, I'm going to make this statement now, and I'm going to make it at the end, because I'm only going to talk about worship now, and I'm going to talk about worship at the very end. So I'm going to make this statement. We don't worship God for any reason other than the fact that he's worthy of worship. Okay, that is why we worship God. We don't worship God to get anything. We don't worship God to get victory. We don't worship God to get breakthrough. We don't worship God to fight the devil. We worship God because he is worthy. And when our heart is right toward God in worship, we get all those things. But the key with God is to surrender, as Brent said, to surrender every other thing in our life and worship God. Then all the other things start happening, okay? So, so stick with me if, if, if you would here as we teach through this, and uh, hopefully we'll I was going to say, hopefully we'll go through it quickly, but we'll see what happens, you know. It is what it is. <clears throat> we don't want to be ignorant of the devil's devices. And, and, and one of the most potent weapons we have against the enemy is the Word of God. And I don't just mean quoting scriptures out of context. I mean actually valuing the whole counsel of God. Jesus is the Word of God, but, the, having, but honoring the Word of God, understanding the power of Of the Word of God. Now, uh, David, are you able to turn off this light right here? I think it says it's it's the it should be the first button there on your little tablet there. And we're gonna I want to show you a quick video if 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 you if you would.
0: Inside Washington's Museum of the Bible, a single volume that is like no other, the so-called Slave Bible, remarkable not for what's in it, but for what's not. So about 90% of the Old Testament's been removed and about 50% of the New Testament's been removed. Uh, To put it another way, a normal King James Version has 1,189 chapters in it. Uh, The slave Bible has only 232. Missing are chapters and verses that might have encouraged uprisings. Book of Exodus redacted. No story of Moses demanding Pharaoh, let my people go. Gone is Galatians, and the verse, There is neither bond nor free, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And no Jeremiah, woe unto him that useth his neighbor's service without wages. What they've left in are verses such as Ephesians 6, 5, which is the famous verse, slaves be obedient to your master. Looking at this Bible, it's hard to tell that anything's been taken out of it. That's correct. I mean, it looks like a normal book. For many enslaved Africans, this would have been the first time they were exposed to the Bible. A Bible selectively edited to instill obedience, using religion to underpin the horror of slavery. When people
1: encounter this exhibit, what lasting impression do you want them to leave with? Well, we want to pass the message on that may this never happen again. Uh, The Bible itself is a a whole book. It's not one that you get to carve up and use this piece or that piece. The slave
0: Bible designed to repress rebellion, but it didn't work. Enslaved people in the Caribbean constantly fought against slavery until emancipation. I think it's very relevant to understand our history. Not just American history, but our African-American history, our roots and how we got to this point. A dark chapter in the history of the good book. Jeff Bennett, NBC News, Washington.
1: That's powerful, right? That's powerful. Why is that powerful? Like, why is that powerful? Because these people knew what the Word of God would do in the hands of enslaved people. They knew that if this story got in the hearts of these enslaved people, the Holy Ghost would begin a work of freedom. He knew that. They knew this. They knew. Even if they didn't consciously know that, if the, as, as, the, as the speaker said, to quell rebellion. No, 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 no. To stamp out God's work of freedom is what they were actually doing. They weren't trying to keep rebellion from happening. They were trying to keep God's narrative of freedom from happening in these enslaved people. And all they, their, their master plan to do it was to keep the word of God out of their hearts. That's how powerful the word of God is. This is how powerful. And so we cannot be ignorant of the strength of God's word in our hearts. The truth, this is the truth of how God works within us. With that in mind, we're going to open our Bibles. We're continuing in the book of Luke. We're going to start in Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Hallelujah. Here we go. You ready? This is the words of Jesus talking to the disciples. You remember he rebuked the Pharisees in Luke chapter 11. He rebuked hypocrisy. I, I, I got to tell you, it, you know, Jesus really does not like you treating some people better than others. And he really doesn't like thinking you deserve to be treated better than other people. That's like, oh, that's like, that's 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 a pretty big one, right? It's it, it's a it's a pretty big one for Jesus these are the hypocrites, and uh, hypocrites don't go anywhere good after after death, right? And so here he is in, um, are you with me, Duke? Yeah, better enjoy the funeral because that's all you get right there. Um, hallelujah. that came out a little harsher than I meant. But there will be worms. <laughs> hallelujah. All right. Luke chapter 12 verse 35. this is Jesus telling his disciples,, "Be ready for service and keep your lamps burning." like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth. He'll dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. And to that you might say, huh? Like, wait, what, what did we just read? Let's try to unpack this a little bit in terms of what God is speaking to us as a house. And let me ask you this question. When Jesus shows up in your life, Will you be ready? That's the question. I'm not talking about any end times thing. I'm not talking about the end of the age or the end of the day or any kind of escape plan. I'm talking about when Jesus decides it's your day of deliverance, will you be ready? When it is your day of blessing, will you be ready? When he shows up with the key to the answer of the things that have been vexing you, Will you have an open ear and a ready heart to receive what Jesus has to say to you? I, I, I'm, 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 I'm constantly wondering, you know, in, in the scriptures it says, be careful of, uh, uh, of receiving strangers. Una- watch how you receive strangers, you may be receiving an angel unaware. And I just wonder do we have to be unaware? Like if we're ready and expectant for God's visitation. If we're living in a place where we understand the times and seasons. If we're like the sons of Issachar and we know the times and seasons that we're in and we understand how to how to how to rightly divide what is going on in light of God's word, would we actually be ready for these times of visitation? Or do we allow our emotions and the news and the cycles of politics to dictate how we view what God is doing? Are we ready? I've got a friend who likes to say this all the time. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And sometimes we start getting ready when we see problems. When our marriage starts hitting the rocks, our finances start getting in turmoil, when people turn on us, when, when, when maybe politics goes sideways or the economy goes sideways, then all of a sudden, you know, your children get wayward and then all of a sudden we go to the place of prayer. And, and what we're trying to emphasize is instead of, you know, everything else, you know, we give everything else a shot, you know, how about we give prayer? Like, how about we pray first? How about we live in the place of prayer so we're not ignorant as to what's coming down the road? How about we live a life connected to Jesus so that when the troubles of life come up, we've already received answers in the place, in the quiet place, in the secret place, in the place of encounter. If we stay ready, we won't have to get ready is what I believe. And here's what Jesus says here in Luke Chapter 12, starting in verse verse 35, he says, Be ready, be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. To my shame, there have been seasons and times, and you probably as well, where God nudged your heart to do something. And you're like, yeah, that sounds, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Maybe he maybe wants you to give somebody some money and you don't understand why. Or he wants you to serve somebody and you don't understand. Or, or maybe, like, God warned you, like, hey, this, this gossip is coming. Don't get involved in that. This is, this is, this is going to lead to bad places, right? And it's like a little nudge. It was a feeling, and you may listen to it, but you may not. Maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's just me that I, don't, I haven't always immediately when God nudges me to do something a little bit slow sometimes to respond, right? A little bit, a little bit delayed in my obedience. And then, then like he nudges again. You ever had that? Then he's like, hello, remember, remember we talked about this? You're like, oh, yeah. I really need to do that. Is this just me or is this other people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you might really want to talk to that person. You can share your faith with them. Uh, you, you really want to give that offering. You really need to warn this friend about this thing that you saw, this thing you heard them say, this attitude that needs a little, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Oh, and then you go about your life, right? and, 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 and we don't recognize that there is a, like a whole cruise ship that, that, is, that is just like drifting toward the rocks. And the Lord has, 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 has gone and warned somebody who's in the Coast Guard, you, the lifesavers, to like, hey, go warn this ship they are drifting toward the rocks. The problem with Western Christianity is we have so focused on my individual relationship with God, we have minimized our relationship and our responsibility for our brother. And Jesus made it very clear that we are indeed our brother's keeper. This is a communal thing. Christianity is a communal thing. Uh, Communion, same root word, is getting together to eat a meal, You you, you can't biblically have communion alone. Lots of people do. I'm not saying you're doing anything anti-biblical. But true communion is with people, Jesus at the table. Right? That that is the fullness of it. And, And so the Lord is like saying, hey, I need you to do this because it's not just that one person that's going to be affected. You see one person, but the whole sphere of people around them you, you 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 gotta you gotta respond to this thing and we're like ah I I I I don't I don't know and is it possible that we're not quick to, to listen to the Lord because because we haven't really kept our lamp burning? We haven't kept our lamp burning. See the, the lamp burning is when when you when 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 you didn't have electricity obviously back in the day, and so you would have a lamp, but but you only have so much oil in the lamp. And so here is a slave and his master is away at a wedding feast. And do I burn my oil waiting for my master to come? Because if you're burning your lamp, that means you're expecting him home. Follow me here. If you're burning your lamp, you're spending your oil. That means you're expecting the master to come home. And he says, hey, uh, you know, are you expecting the master to come if you're a slave and Blessed is a slave that when the master comes home and he sees him got his lamp burning, he's actually expending energy waiting for the master to show up. Now, as it turns out, I've read the back of the book and we actually have a master at a wedding feast. Here's the pre-crucified Jesus talking about us today. We have a master at a wedding feast and he's like, I'm going to come back and it would be really good for you when I show up if your lamp is actually burning. If you are up, ready, waiting for me to show up. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Is the fire of the Holy Ghost still burning on the inside of you? Or has it actually cooled off? Are you expending energy in your life to keep the life of God moving on the inside of you? Or have you felt like... Well, he'll show up eventually, and when he comes, I'll go ahead and turn on the lamp. When Jesus comes, will I turn on the lamp? But Jesus comes and says, hey, uh, I know you got $800 in your bank account, but there's that couple across the street, and you don't know what's going on there, but I need you to give them 600 of it. And you're like, hmm, somebody's home, but my lamp isn't on. <laughs> you're knocking at the door, but the lights are out. Not quite ready for that. When uh, I grew up and I did a lot of camping when I was young, and uh, that's why I don't do any camping now. People are like, hey, let's go camp. And I'm like, sleep on the ground. I got a bed. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, ah, we're outside. I'm like, is it air conditioned? Because we got air conditioning at, at my house. My house has got an air conditioner. It's got a bed. It keeps the bugs out. You've been camping in Florida. You love bugs. You camp in Florida. You just love bugs. You're just like, I would like to be eaten by mosquitoes and gnats all night. You ever sat there and like, like you didn't have air conditioning in that gnat? That's like, hmm. There's 2,000 square feet. I think I'll just fly right outside this person's ear the entire night. Is that is am I, am I the only one? It just kind of buzzes. You're like, you have an entire like. Is there something radiating out of my ear that says, hey, this is a great place for a gnat to hang out, right? Like. I'm like, no, that doesn't sound like a good time. Like, we'll cook over the fire. I'm like, I got a microwave. I don't, like, there's nothing you're enticing me with here, right? Is there gold in the ground? I don't understand. Help me out, understand why I would want to do this. And uh, what what you would do is when when we would camp out, what we would do is we'd make a fire um, with a lot of wet wood so it would smoke a lot. And what the smoke would do is keep the bugs away. Uh, now I just stay inside. But you you, you keep the fire burning. One of the things that the fire does is it keeps the bugs away. If you got the fire happening on the inside of you, it kind of keeps some stuff away that you don't quite want in your life. But the point here is you want to be ready When God shows up, we want to be ready for God to show up in our lives. We want to live a life of expectation that Jesus is actually going to keep his word and show up in our lives when we least expect him. Now, I hope you expect him fully on Sunday morning. I hope that in worship, you expect that the spirit of God and the angels of God are going to be here in the service and minister to people and under the preached word of God, revelation is going to come and make the scriptures come alive. And the Holy Spirit, by I don't even know how he does this, he takes what i have prepared in my quiet time and in my study and somehow twists the words and he prepares your life and i say a phrase and all of a sudden it matches what god has been speaking to you i do not know how he does that but you should expect that every sunday right like that this is why we come to church every week this is why we don't just like, ah, I think I need to get ready. Let me go this month. Like, no, 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 no. We, we want to stay ready, right? Like, like, but it's in the unexpected times. It's in the unexpected times being ready. I, I, and I feel like the more unexpected the time, the more ready you are, the more likely he's going to show up. This is what I have seen in my life. When you expect God in the unexpected times, you get an unexpected encounter. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When the enemy is working the hardest for you to be unexpected, when you stay expectant, you get the unexpected visitation. That has, been, that has been my experience. Watch this. Luke chapter 12, verse 37. I'm preaching myself happy right now. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Verse 37, watch this. He says, it'll be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth. He'll dress himself to serve. Talking about this, the, the, the slave. He will have them recline at the table and will come wait on them. It'll be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. So Jesus is trying to, trying to, trying to teach us how to serve the real master, Jesus Christ. It, it's not a mystery. It's, it's not, um, here's a Bible, go figure it out. Jesus is teaching us how we're supposed to prepare ourselves to serve the master of the wedding feast, and when we come together, what we're supposed to do for Jesus. Okay, watch this. So here's a servant. He's been home, and he's tired because he's a servant. He's, he's working, right? He's working. And uh, he's asleep. It could be the second watch of the night. It could be the third watch of the night. So we're talking about the middle of the night here. We're talking about the middle of the morning. We're talking when people should be asleep. The master comes home, and Jesus doesn't say, hey, just ignore the master. Just, you know, it'll be okay. Like, Jesus doesn't ever want you to be uncomfortable. Like, this is not what Jesus said. Jesus doesn't want you to be uncomfortable. Jesus is like, why don't you define what's right for you? And God will just affirm that. Whatever whatever works out for you, however you identify the good life, just do that. And Jesus is just so, just, and that's the definition of love. Just you can pave a highway to hell, and Jesus will just love you to hell. You know that that's that's not what he's saying here. Are, are, are you? This is this is countercultural right now. Jesus preaches the countercultural gospel. The video I showed you at the beginning of the service would have me fired from many churches in America. Right? We preach a countercultural gospel here. We are not trying to look like the world right? This is not what we're trying to do. We are trying to look like the kingdom of God, okay? <clears throat> so, 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 so Jesus says, okay, I need to let you know how you are supposed to serve God. It ain't about your entertainment. It's about serving God. And so when Jesus is going to come, here's what you do. When there's a time to meet with Jesus, you get up, you get dressed and you go to church, right? Like that's what he's saying here. You get up, you get dressed, and you begin to start serving the Lord. It may be the middle of the night. In another gospel, he talks about the master coming home, uh, or excuse me, the servant coming out of the field after a long work day. And when the master comes, despite the fact that the servant has been working all day, the first thing you do is you create a meal for the master and then you eat. Follow me here. We like to think Jesus shows up, it's all about me. But Jesus showed up once and it was all about you. It was about your salvation. Right? When Jesus shows up in our life, we got to remember that he's the God and we are the servant. Now, hear what I'm telling you in the context of every teaching I've given about the love of the Father about how the Spirit wants to deliver you. I mean, we've we, we got to hold all this in balance, right? Like, let's not get weird and get some sort of really mean gospel. That's not what we're talking about. But when Jesus... G- oh, I just got to be honest with you guys here. We're, 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 we're Spirit-filled, right? And you've seen the goofiness that's happened in the Spirit-filled church. We, we've seen the weirdness. We've seen people whose lives are an absolute mess, who talk about traveling to heaven every third day. Right? having having lunch with angels and, you know, can prophesy apostolic calls on people and giving nations away. And we've seen crazy stuff. Yeah. Is it just me? Am I the only charismatic in the room, reformed charismatic in the room? Like we've seen weird stuff. And I just like, if you had spent every third day in the presence of Jesus, I just feel like you'd live a little more holy. I just feel to be a little bit more reverence on your life for the name of the Lord. Have you ever had an encounter with Jesus? and it just wrecked you? You just came undone, and His holiness rocked your world? Oh, you see Him, you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you saved me. You are the holy God, and I, gosh, I thought I was something, but I saw you, and now I know. That's what, see, and how you just experienced, that's what an encounter with Jesus looks like. An encounter with Jesus does not look like Whatever you want to do, I'm here to follow you, buddy. I'm, bruh, whatever you like, I'm here to empower you to do it. No, that's not Jesus, right? That, that's not the holy, holy, holy Lord God almighty, right? That, that is not the one who was and is and is to come. That, that's that's some, uh, some imaginary invention, right? That's some delusional creation in someone's mind. And so Jesus like, when Jesus shows up, hey, here's what you need to do. The first thing you do is we serve him. Jesus, you're here. What is it you need me to do? Come on, this is gonna set some people free. I need you to hear this. Jesus shows up. What do you need me to do? What, 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 what? I hate that I got to do this, but I'm doing another caveat. If you're broken, you're grieving, you're at a funeral, you've had loss in your life, and the Father comes to comfort you, let him comfort, right? Like, so let's 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 keep all this in balance, right? God could do whatever he wants to do. But what we should be ready for is the master to come home and be served. The master to come home and be served. And so he says it's good for that servant. If he's ready for when the master to come home, get yourself dressed and begin serving the Lord. These are the words of Jesus. This is the one we follow, Jesus Christ. And so he's saying, hey, listen, you don't want to miss your day of visitation. You do not want to miss your day of visitation. And, 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 and we have, unfortunately, Christianity in the West has kind of turned into a lottery faith mentality. That if you just do enough good stuff, and you just get enough stuff right, that you'll never encounter problems. And there's so many people today who are, Deconstructing because they were lied to about what they can expect from God. They were lied to about what they can expect God to do in their lives. If you do the right stuff, then God will make sure you get all the stuff you want. And unfortunately, that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is if you give your life to Christ, that you have a place in eternity with Jesus That is the promise. He did not say that you're going to get the rims that you wanted for your car, or that your neighbor is not going to, you know, turn into a hoarder and make your neighborhood value go down, or that your spouse is not going to decide that they, you know, someone else is cuter and run off. It's just that is, unfortunately, that's just not the promise. I wish that it were. How I wish that it were, and I pray that it would be. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is about Jesus dying on a cross. For sinners that we can have a relationship with God. That is the gospel. Now, I believe... I believe everything that we preach every time we have an offering up here. I believe everything I preach every time I talk about healing. I believe that God delivers. I believe that he heals. I believe that he gives words and knowledge and wisdom. I believe all that stuff. But I do not believe that it is biblical to say, if I begin to follow God, I'm not going to have problems. It's just not in the Bible. We're not going to live a more holy life than Jesus lived. And he has some problems. Anybody read the book? He has some problems. We're not getting out of those problems. The, the, Jesus is not the absence of problems, but the presence of solutions. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Jesus is not the absence of problems, but the presence of solutions. That's who Jesus is. And we want to be ready for his visitation so we can deal with some of the stuff that's happening in our lives. Let's continue our scripture. Luke twelve thirty nine. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. Now, here's the problem, and and this is, God is not the only one knocking on the door of your heart. We, We like to tell sinners, you know, God is knocking on your heart. God is dealing with your heart. You know, there's a God-shaped void on the inside of you that God wants to fill. And we use all these metaphors, but he's not the only one knocking. There's another one prowling. He's prowling, looking, looking for an open door. And here's like, if you knew when the devil was going to come, you'd have stopped it. But you don't. You, you, You don't know when the enemy is actually coming. You know, I have found like, God drops a dream on the inside of you. And right after that, the enemy whispers a way to get it. You, you, something is born in your heart by God. And the enemy hears it. And he begins coming up with ways to fulfill it that do not honor God. This is how we see God, excuse me, Jesus uh, in, 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 the, in the deserted place. And the enemy quoted everything that Jesus was promised. But he just had another way for him to get it. Jesus was ready, though. Can you say Amen? Amen. Jesus was ready. Jesus had his lamp burning. He had the He had the presence. He had the fulfillment. He had um, um, the connection. He had the discernment, and he wasn't going for no shortcuts. And and here's what I really want to challenge you with today. This is going, you know, this is is burning in my heart, and I really hope you get this. And you just kind of endure with me for a moment. We got we to gotta discern in our lives. We got to have some discernment and we got to have some godly counsel in our lives. And we got to figure out this thing that I'm going through, is it a trial or is it a warfare? Or to use biblical terminology, is this a trial or is this tribulation? Am I in a trial or am I in tribulation? As the famous preacher likes to say, you know, there's two types of storms in the Bible, one caused by God and one caused by the enemy. You better know which one you're in because you only have authority over one of them. How do you know? How do you know if I'm in a trial or am I in tribulation? Well, when you're in tribulation, an attack of the enemy, when 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 the causes of sin and death are beginning to afflict your life, you, you begin to stop your worship, begin to stop your praise, begin to stop your giving, you begin to stop your serving. You're under the attack of the devil. These are all the devil's desires that you would stop doing the things that bring the presence of God in your life. When, 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 When you are under an attack of the devil, all the godly things begin to get choked out of your life. And not only that, you begin to blame God for the tribulation. That is the devil's ultimate goal because he can't personally stop anything from your life. All he can get you to do is agree with him and have your promise canceled. That's all he can do. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? We sang it. Who can stop him? Nobody can stop him, but you can stop you, and the devil can stop you from coming into those calls. He can stop you from positioning yourself. He can stop you from welcoming the Lord. He can stop you from having godly godly relationships where you confess your sins one to another, and you begin to grow in Christ. He can come and work on your emotions and, and, and block out the very gift of God that he has for you. Are you with me right now? Are you tracking with me? This is what the enemy wants to do in your life, and the first thing he does is he gets you to stop doing the spiritual disciplines that keep you connected to God. That's how you know. What's going on in my life? Hmm, Haven't read my Bible in a while. Is it because things are going so good I don't need to connect with God more? Or is it because the enemy has begun to choke out the very things that brings God's presence into my life? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Come on somebody. I-, I believe God is ministering right now. I believe something's happening right now. Listen, the enemy is also coming. Jesus is not the only one. And the devil is the father of lies and does not want you to know the truth of the word. God has a plan to set you free, just like he had those slaves, excuse me, those enslaved people. Had they had the truth of God's word, there is a reason why the historical African-American church in America is based on the Exodus story. Because that was the story that was robbed from them in the beginning. And so they have built their church system on the Exodus. There is a reason because God wants to set people free, including me and you. Amen. 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 And the easiest way to deflect, minimize the warfare in our lives is with clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. I hope you're praying the Lord's Prayer every morning. I hope, I hope you're praying it every day on the way to work. Maybe if you forget at lunch, pray through it like you mean it. Expound upon it. I taught on this. Pray through it. Why? Every single day you are... Surrendering to God, declaring that you trust Him for your provision, you repent of your sins, and you get your heart clean by forgiving the people you're offended with. After all that, then you get into spiritual warfare. Keep me from sinful stuff and keep the devil out of my life. This is the Lord's Prayer. And so... People who get kind of wrapped up in spiritual warfare, they skip all the clean hands and pure heart stuff and go straight to encountering the devil. I've been in meetings and people are pulling down strongholds and I'm like, leave them up there. I don't want them here. I'm barely dealing with what I got going on. I don't need principalities. Like, let the angels deal with them. I'm, 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 I'm here for this. Like, let's not, let's, come on, take care of our part. Like you were nasty to me ten minutes ago. Deal with that. Don't don't begin with a principality. I don't need your bad attitude empowered by a principality. Like let's focus, focus, focus. I, I just I find it I find it uh, I find it, like, uh, just hilarious, and you're going to hear me beat this drum a lot the rest of this year. I talk to people. I remember when I first got saved, I was in this charismatic church, and we didn't want to be religious. You like that? No, I'm not religious. I'm whatever. No, what you're doing is inventing a new religion. Like, like, they're like, we, like man, we, it's the Lord's Prayer, like, oh, don't be religious. I'm like, Jesus had how many disciples? Twelve core disciples, right? We know we have many but he had 12 that is like, hey, listen, this whole thing is going to be run by you soon. Like, like I am leaving and you're it. And you really only had 11, right? Yeah. Count your 12 friends, one of them you can't trust. <laughs> I don't want to make you suspicious, but one of them sus, right? That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Like I took them on mission trips and I trusted them with the money. Sus, right? let's get real can we be real can we be real it's biblical i mean jesus did it we're not talking about something you know that's jude no jesus right okay so so they these guys who are going to run the church after jesus leaves like how do we know what how what do we how do we communicate with the father he said pray this way Jesus said, pray this way. And we think it's a suggestion. We think, oh, well, man, take it or leave it. Maybe I can just make up a new way of praying. Like, Jesus literally said, do this. Like people will pick out one little phrase and say, women can't do that based on this phrase. But Jesus has a whole thing. Pray this way. Eh, optional. <laughs> Paul mentioned something in one letter to one church. We're like, oh, no, it has to be this. Jesus not only says pray this way, spells it out. We're like, eh, optional. I don't know if I follow. He might. He might have meant it. Y'all don't want to say anything. That's all right. I believe he meant it, and I and I pray the Lord's prayer, and it blesses me. Watch this. I just want to. You know, I just want to help you. You don't have to be helped. It's, that's all right. You can just do whatever. That's good. Just make up prayers. I did that for a long time. I found following Jesus better. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Okay. I'm wrapping up here. Is <clears throat> a non-truthful statement at this moment. Watch this. If you're in a season of warfare right now, begin to kind of read First Peter. Now Peter knew a little about warfare. Amen. P- 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 Peter, Peter understood he walked with Jesus, he saw the attacks. First Peter 2:21. "To this you were called. Who wants to be called? Anybody here want to be called? Did anybody want to call in your life? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Here's a call for you right here. To this you are called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps, suffering got a call for you right there. You ready to be called? Called to suffer. There you go. Woohoo! Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Called to suffering. You're the apostle of Africa, the the prophet said called to suffer. But that's us. There is suffering in this world. We got to figure out is it the devil or are we in a season of suffering? This don't preach happy. I'm not going to get invited to conferences with this message, right? But this will get you through hard seasons where you feel God has abandoned you. When you're ready for the Lord to show up. First Peter 4. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Let me get the worship team if you can come up. Start making noise for me here. Now, I, 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 know, I know there's people in this room and you have suffered terribly. Like you have had gut-wrenching, terrible seasons happen to you. I don't want to minimize that at all. I, I, I don't, I don't, and I don't want to say that God sent that and I don't believe it's punishment. I believe it is what it is. Terrible things happen to good people and good things happen to terrible people. It is what it is. But suffering is part of being in this fallen world. Watch this. He goes on in 1 Peter 5. And the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, st- firm, and steadfast. To Him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Now listen, Peter, Peter, Peter was, was not a dumb guy. Peter knew where this whole thing was leading. He saw the Messiah murdered. He knew he watched his contemporaries being murdered. He knew where this was going. He knew this was, this was leading to his death. he, He wasn't He wasn't somehow naive, thinking that if he said the right thing, he would get out of it. These disciples knew that as they were preaching the gospel, they were marching toward their own murder. They they were fully aware of that. And in the midst of it, Peter talked about the sustaining grace of God in the midst of suffering. But here's what sustained him again. Verse 11. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. There's something about praise in the midst of suffering. There's something about staying focused on your spiritual disciplines in the midst of suffering. There's something about the world looks crazy around me but I'm still going to crack my Bible open and read as much as I can. Sometimes, let's be honest. I've met with enough people. I have pastored long enough. I have gone through enough demonic warfare and emotional turmoil to understand. There's times you don't even want to crack open the Bible. You don't want to read it because you're disappointed in God. You're disappointed in, in the promises you think you got. You don't even. Want, I, I'm just being real with you right now. There's times you're like, I don't even want to. I don't need another promise not fulfilled. Crack the Bible open and read a verse out of Psalms. Get the Word of God on the inside of you. If you're broken and depressed, and show up to church broken and depressed and put on your servant's clothes and serve somebody. Get some money and give it to God. Begin doing the things that get the grace of God in your life. you got to get Filled up to get less room for the enemy in your life. You hear what I'm saying? Create a little smoke. Stoke the fire a little bit so that the fire can work for you to displace the work of the enemy. Verse 40, as we're continuing in Luke chapter 12. He said, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. Let me ask you today, you at the end of your rope? Do you feel like I may not be able to continue any longer? I just, I feel the pain in the room you feel like I don't know how much longer I can bear this I tell you what friend the son of man comes at an hour when you do not expect him and we want to be ready We started all this off with verse 35. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. Man, sometimes it feels like such a drag. It feels so hard to continue. The kids are acting up, and you're just like, you want to scream at them. And he's telling you, show a little grace. Driving and the person in front of you is at least three times your age, and it's had a blinker on for 20 minutes, they're going 15 miles an hour under the speed limit, and you just want to ram them. Can we go faster? And the Lord is like, just 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 grace. Just show a little grace. Something in our society today where <clears throat> there's no shame and just acting a fool and just saying the most ignorant stuff and thinking it's okay? Have you seen crime taken off in our country? People just walking into stores and taking stuff and leaving? Because the church has decided that we don't need to be graceful anymore. The nation follows the church. We set the spiritual tone for our country. We can't blame them. It's our responsibility to set the moral climate. So if our country's going to hell, it's because there's a problem with the church. And friend, I'm not talking about high-level stuff. I'm talking about me and you. I'm talking about just being obedient to God, deciding that He is the master and I am the servant, and I need to keep my lamp burning. Be dressed for service and keep your lamp burning. Stand with me if you would. You keep your lamps burning in worship. I have particularly among your spiritual disciplines. Worship is a spiritual discipline that God is like. It's like a spiritual discipline with training wheels. You don't have to actually study anything. You don't have to learn anything. You don't have to do uncomfortable. You just got to be willing to lift your mouth and move your body. And the grace of God comes into the situation. And in the context of spiritual worship, we don't worship God to get anything from God. We don't worship God to fight the devil. We worship God because he is worthy. And when we're full of worship, we can create a heart that can contain the love of God. And when the enemy returns, he finds the house full. Jesus said if you knew when the devil was coming, you'd have kept him from coming. But the problem is you didn't, You don't know. You don't know when he's coming. So we got to stay ready. We got to keep our lamps burning. We got to stay dressed and ready for the return of Jesus into our particular lives in our particular circumstances. Now I feel impressed right now There's some people in the room, and you just got to pray a prayer of just dedication to Jesus. Like, you're going to have to just make a decision. I don't know who's here right now. I'm not calling out anybody. I might be and not even know it, like I said at the beginning of the service. But I feel like some of us need to repent that we've not been following God. We've not been serving Him. We have not been dressed and ready. Our lamp has not been burning. We've not done what God has told us to do. And I just want us to pray a prayer of repentance. That's asking God to forgive us and we're going to turn away from that thing. Confession that only Jesus can make it right and a promise to follow him. And we're all going to pray this together. Is that all right? Now, if you pray it for the first time, talk to somebody in guest reception and let them know we have some free stuff to help you kind of on your way. But I'm going to say something and just kind of repeat after me, all right? We're going to pray a prayer together, right? And We're going to talk to Jesus. ready? Are are you ready? Now here's what we want to do. There's people who may have never prayed this before in this room, and you want to pray loud enough so they don't feel self-conscious. You okay with that? That was weak. Amen. Just say, Lord Jesus, I have not followed you. I have come up short. I want my lamp to be burning. I want to be ready for your visitation." And I've done other things than what you told me to do. I know that sin. And I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm declaring that you're my God. You died for me on the cross. Oh, you rose from the dead. And you're at the right hand of the Father praying for me. And one day, you're coming back for me. I want to be ready. I want to be ready, God. Light my lamp. Let your fire burn on the inside of me. Let your fire burn on the inside of me. I want to be a burning ember for you. I'm ready to serve. You are my master. And I am your servant. In Jesus' name, We love you, Lord. Come on, give a clap offering to God. We're going to worship. Are you ready? You ready? Come on. Hallelujah. Come on with all you got. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Tell them, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 come on. We love you, Jesus. And Father, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for grace over your people. I pray for freedom over your people. I pray for deliverance over your people. I pray that you would light their fire, Father, that it would be burning bright. It would smoke out every attack of the devil. It would displace every attack of the wicked one. That they would walk in freedom and that they would walk in victory, that they would walk with wisdom, serving the Lord Jesus Christ in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Come on, give a clap offering to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Listen, we have openings in life groups. If you're not in life group, get in one, serve the Lord, pray and worship until we meet again. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen.